All right, I'm recording. Recording. <laughs> recording. Uh, sorry, am I doing this right? It's called recording. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, I recognize. Look at these. Look at these meters fly. Look at my voice. Oh, probably just maxed it out. Uh, <laughs> We're such uh, professionals. So, uh, yeah, after last uh, week's snafu of uh, me forgetting to record for 20 minutes, um, this is a treat. This is a real treat for our listeners, a full episode. Yeah, you you really fucked the dog there. Look what I just did. Yeah, learned. I did. <laughs> uh, no, that wasn't quite right, though. It would be more like if I worked at a grocery store and I was hanging out in the back room talking about, like, uh, different ways to chug beer. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, you heard of butt chugging. And then my boss comes in and is like, hey, you guys fucking the dog back here? <laughs> and we're like, um, y- yes, sir, we are. <laughs> uh, okay, I see. Still, that's kind of racist for, um, you know, correcting me, trying to uh, fit in with, with your culture and your language. And uh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I shut you, you down. I'm sorry. You blatantly, like, just that, that like, hurt. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm really uh, you better. Sh- here, and you well, better I'll, I'll should you, be because you're you a fucking better. Canadian and it's sorry for everything. I'm terribly sorry. Um, here, well, all my here's my good faith. I'll teach you another one. Have you heard uh, "Up Shit's Creek without a paddle"? <laughs> no. Friends apart. Take that as a no. <laughs> Uh, that means that means you're fucked. That means you you you're you're really stuck. <laughs> Up Shits Creek with a paddle. Without with, a paddle, with a, uh, obviously without a paddle. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If you're with a paddle, you're yeah, just like then you, you're you know. It, it, well, that would also make sense. You're like right. in shit, but you're shoveling your way out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got a means to an, uh, an end. Oh but, man, uh, uh, that's <laughs> cool. Yeah, we don't have such colorful sayings. We only have like very colorful, like I've told you about I, one of the first podcasts. Um, I told you about the pick, uh, no, picks priest that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have stuff like that, but but our, you know, proverbs are much less uh, colorful than yours. Some of them are interesting, like the you're making me crazy kind of like, right i never thought about that as like kind of a, a couple proverb, but that's true yeah 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 because like i guess if if i were to tell you in english you're making me crazy it's kind of like it has yeah. like romantic o- uh, undertones like it's i don't know or how would you how would you conceive that well it doesn't isn't there one it's like you 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 make me a spider <laughs> oh well <laughs> that directly translate that's that. obviously or also one yeah something about a cookie uh oh yeah 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 oh shit that would literally be you're going me on the cookie yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i mean <laughs> oh man yeah that's 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 true it's also something that like uh like especially older germans like like everyone get ready to boo boomers they um uh no sorry you're the ones that 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 pay us for doing this podcast hopefully yes. in the future um uh like older folk that like knows very little English, they would totally mm-hmm. like just lose their shit if you uh, or if they like one of them says says like a like a German proverb and they literally translate it mm-hmm. into English. Like we have one, mm-hmm. like if something is very good, we say it's the yellow of the egg. 
And uh, hmm. if if uh, you you ever say that to you know to an older citizen like above I don't know like fifty or whatever, they sure. they will they will fucking lose it. They will be like, but that's not so real English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, anyways, uh, welcome everyone to the Friends Apart podcast. We are uh, right now in uh, season two, episode four. Um, still hoping that Jason is actually recording. Um, Currently recording. I will. Keep I will hold that. this grudge until the end of time. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, we are the podcast for everyone who is uh, sick of wasting their time by watching uh, not TikToks, but YouTube shorts, which are kind of like the retarded second grade cousin of TikToks, and um, decided to waste even more time, not just a few seconds, but, you know, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour of your precious time you only have once during your lifespan. You're wasting it with us. Thank you for that. Thank you for joining us. I uh, I appreciate you providing uh, our time. I I internalize it. I, it gives me energy. I just need to suckle at that little time tea <laughs> every once a week. It uh, it fuels me and uh, motivates me to get through the week. So yeah. <laughs> the fucking time tea got me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, oh fuck! I totally forgot what it was going to say. Yeah, Jason. Uh, so, as it's tradition, are you uh, drinking anything for today's podcast in order to? I am. You know, keep <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. am, but I I have the. The bearer of bad news. <laughs> it's in fact, I'm. Uh, this is my first alcohol-free episode. I'm drinking uh, cherry-flavored sparkling water. Um, oh damn! The little tab on the top of the can says "Yo." <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't. I don't know why. So it, it, is some, it, it? It's some desperate ploy to appeal to youth. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> yeah, because that's what really gets you. Just uh, putting "yo" after each sentence. They're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- fuck San Pellegrino. I'm like bubbly gets me. Yo, that's my <laughs> language. That's for my generation. <laughs> oh man, yeah, um, uh, I, yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested to see uh, if the alcohol <laughs> hinders my ability to conversate, or or really was the only way that I was entertaining at all. We'll see. Uh, how about you? Uh, I'm having an awful experience right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm drinking something called uh, Mango Rocca, but Batida Passion mixed with maracuya. I I cannot state enough how to put it in last week's episode. Fruity, this packaging looks. Um, <laughs> it it contains fourteen point seven percent passion fruit, uh, so maracuya um, extract. Mm. Um, I, I think, I think the base of this is supposed to be, uh, coconut. So I was kind of expecting sort of a a pina colada type of experience, um, which, which would have been amazing. I, I love pina colada. I mean, 
ananas, uh, well, pineapple, sorry. And uh, <laughs> fuck, you really got me there. Um, pineapple and uh, coconut is an awesome combination. So I think, well, you know, yeah. I mean, maracuya and, and coconut should work, right? Um, the The drink tastes like if a really, really badly trained AI uh, would would mix a drink uh, with those yeah. two ingredients. Um, it you cannot taste either. Like you okay. can't taste the coconut, you can't taste uh, the passion fruit. It just tastes abysmal. It's is it it's, uh is it um is it rum based? Uh, so I'm Batida like de Coco usually that. is, but I think uh this is like a um they don't even say <laughs> that I, I picture it as like um like it's a creamy kind of like white yeah, looking exa- it's not uh, it's br- it's drink. bright orange. It's, Ew, yeah, okay. it's, um uh, and <sighs> and then and then like you know, like if you let something okay, like you know, if you're mixing your own pina colada, like it's kind of like cream and then alcohol. Yeah. And if you don't mix it properly, um, like you get a separation of the alcohol mm-hmm. on top. And I picture this as like perpetually <laughs> the alcohol is less dense, even on like a mac- microscopic scale on your taste buds. So the only thing you're actually tasting is the shitty alcohol inside. Mm. And it's shielding it from all the good flavor. The problem that I think this has is that, you know, when you do an actual pina colada and you put like the coconut cream in there, yeah. um, you have the coconut cream. So it has actual coconut in it. Um, here, I think because it, it says batida and batida de coco usually is like um, an artificially flavored rum based uh, mm-hmm. liquor with um, coconut flavor. And it's literally just coconut flavor. So, you know, artificial flavoring. And the stuff by itself, I gotta yeah. say, is tastes okay. I like coconut, so I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's that mixed. Oh, the burps taste like uh, coconut, actually. <laughs> just to... <laughs> ah, sweet redemption. Full, full disclosure <laughs> right here. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a two out of ten... Um, Cannot recommend, and uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta say the 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 you know the, the packaging is beautiful. It's got like it's got like a little parrot. It's got a it's got some flowers, some mm-hmm. leaves, some more flowers in pink. It says Mangaroka in uh, in uh, gold lettering. It says Batida Passion underneath it in two different fonts. Um, overall, there seems to be a total of four different fonts on... Uh, okay, uh, I found the can. This is really elaborate. Mangaroka Batida it's, Passion mixed with Maracuya. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so, is Maracuya the, the, the form, like, the actual name for passion fruit? It's synonymous. Okay, yeah. I've never heard that. I've never seen that written mm-hmm. in English mm-hmm. before. Probably you just That's say passion fruit and maracuya is like something yeah. that like Europeans say, probably. Uh-huh. Uh, civilized people say <laughs> it, probably. Uh, Interesting. This is, um, it's, it's given me a lot of like nostalgia for... Oh, there's a picture of it. That doesn't look pleasant at all. 
<laughs> it's just it looks like orange juice basically but it, it, like not natural orange juice but like the kind of uh oranges you would get in a, a cheap hotel like the the like basically just orange flavored sugar water mm-hmm mm-hmm oh. gross it's giving me some nostalgia for um when i went to cuba because mm-hmm. uh i had a really great time there and we actually stopped at like some random roadside stand that had the best um pina colada i've ever had like they had just a buckets of coconuts and they were making them fresh and it was and it was like mixed right by a monkey yeah exactly and it was right down the road from the bacardi factory or whatever so it was like or not bacardi sorry uh havana whatever cuban rum havana yeah. fucking yeah yeah so um that's awesome that that's cool. was incredible yeah yeah it was super good and then I, I tried to once I came back from my trip, I was trying to like stay on that high and mm. <laughs> trying all kinds of pina coladas at restaurants, and it just tasted like garbage. But it's after that, also kind of this phenomenon, right? That when you're on vacation, stuff just tastes better. Mm-hmm. You just you know you're more relaxed. Uh, you you might have like nice weather. Um, yep. You you usually indulge everything a little more than you usually would. Um, it's yeah, it's it's just like vacation effect, and then you come back and and you try to replicate it, and um, the fact that like the food and the drinks that you make exactly the same way don't taste the same anymore just brings it back to yeah. the harsh reality of you not very much leading a pleasant life. So yeah, yeah. that was that you realize how how. <laughs> how much your life affects your happiness <laughs> instead of uh, <laughs> and you're like wow i gotta i gotta get out of here yeah that's true uh, it's it's, it's mm-hmm. just like the people so right now you know like german's favorite uh uh spot to uh to have mallorca. vacations at yeah right mallorca so um just like for people that are not familiar that like little group of islands uh, that mallorca is part of um uh, south of of spain well southeast i guess of spain and uh it's a uh, uh i've actually never been there full disclosure never mm-hmm. been there um because well not anymore i guess but uh when i was younger so up until like maybe two or three years ago uh, people would go there and there's like two sides of the island there's like the famous balaman which is like the like it's it's basically like little germany it's like a it's like we try to have a new colony but like i've heard about this with less slavery and more booze and (laughs) um it's it's very infamous for you know this so there's this this famous thing that i think they actually outlawed now but uh tourists uh in mallorca uh, at the balaman beach they would basically uh have huge buckets of sangria mm-hmm. um and they God, that sounds they, awesome. they would like collectively drink out of that bucket um mm-hmm. and I, when i say bucket i i mean a literal bucket like a five liter bucket and yeah um, i can see yeah so th- this is kind of like the typical german thing to do and uh but there's also the other side of the island that uh, my dad has told me about i've again i've never been there uh it's apparently like really cozy and like far away from like the typical like you know troublesome touristy area (laughs) 
and uh yeah yeah it's usually also more the region that like wealthier people tend to go to um still has nice beaches and it's, it's just a little more quiet well because i know like is that that's where the ministry of sound is located right in mallorca ministry of it's sound like, yeah it's a legendary kind <clears throat> of club and they have the most powerful sound system in the world the and it's like heard of that there's like yeah, there's something like this. And it's like the first place that Dolby Atmos kind of, or it's like one of the first mm-hmm. places that Dolby Atmos was installed Damn. somewhere. It's like, let me see, say Ministry of huh. Sound. <clears throat> um, it's, it's such, it's a super legendary place where like just uh, people, uh, the ministry. Okay, just show me. Yeah. <laughs> <Um, laughs> Um, they spent 500,000 British pounds on the club's sound system. How, um, how much? And like 500,000 pounds, British pounds. Fucking hell. So, you could literally fly to space for that. Fuck. That it's, uh, okay, it's 584,000 euro. Uh, and they spent just as much on the soundproofing of the club, uh, as well. And, um, Damn. it, it's above as possible to be up to as loud uh, as 156 decibels without sound leaking outside, which is what insanely the, what, loud. What the fuck? You you cannot stand there and take this like without any protective gear for years. I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah. yeah. Holy fuck. Uh, it's a yeah. It's pretty pretty intense. I can't remember. I, there was more details. I, I got I went down a rabbit hole because I was really fascinated yeah. by it. Um, but I, I know that that's what a lot of people go to because they want to be in that uh, in that place. Hmm. It's kind of like the same thing as there's some some legendary like tech like EDM festival I think mm-hmm. that happens in in Europe that mm-hmm. everyone. That's interesting. I've actually never heard about that. Um, yeah, but but anyways, I mean, regardless whether you go there for the Ministry uh, of Sound or if you're going there to drink out of buckets uh, communally, um, <laughs> so Germans after you know the the, the most serious uh, Corona uh, restrictions have been, uh, you know, just basically pulled back to some extent. Um, obviously, they flocked to Mallorca again. And the consequence is <laughs> that on this island, let me let me say that again, on this island, um, they now have uh, more than 300 cases per 100,000 people in seven days. Uh, let me just let me just quickly put that into like absolute <laughs> numbers because that's. <laughs> it's not funny why am i laughing it's not funny it's, it's a serious <laughs> disease but um all right all right all right so just within like it's quite a tiny island so just on the 23rd of july they recorded 1098 new cases <laughs> Okay. On this tiny island. That's, and uh, that's it's, high, it's yeah. right now basically just going up. It's not even exponential. It's just shooting up straight. 
It's just a vertical line. <laughs> like the graph is crazy and it's way higher than it was during the uh, third wave in like winter. Uh, like way higher than that. And uh, today I saw something because the main motivation, obviously, of people going there now is like, you know, it's kind of, it's mostly Germans there. So they're not actually going to, like, they feel like they're not actually going to another country, I guess. Um, right, yeah. And I mean, we are only at like not even 50% wholly vaccinated right now. So Germany. So we're not even close to like herd immunity or whatever. So mm-hmm. I really don't want to get into that. But what I want to get into is that people are going there right now. And uh, for a lot of people, I think the reasoning is like, I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to, you know, I want to enjoy my well, holidays. Well, that and a combination of like, it's been such a miserable two years now that like they just need, they can't take it anymore and they need to, yeah, they need some kind of change. But it's like, okay, let me just say this. Have you ever watched The Walking Dead? Yeah. Have you ever wondered why there's only so few people left, like healthy people? Especially during the first seasons. I was like, why the fuck are there only so so few people left, you know, like in all of Atlanta mm-hmm. and like the whole region. Um, now I know. Now I know <laughs> that it was most like people are idiots. it was billions of people running into hordes of zombies screaming. It's my freedom. It's my choice. I'm not going to live in fear. And yeah. That's how the whole show started, I'm sure. It's, <laughs> it's just <laughs> fucked up, man. Like, you you would... Uh, I want to say you couldn't have predicted that, but a lot of movies did, unfortunately. <laughs> it's it's so messed up, and it's so frustrating. And uh, as someone who... And, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners, and um, you, of course, as well, can relate. I'm being cautious. I'm not I'm not afraid. I'm not like in panic or something. I'm just being cautious. Like with the concert next week. It's going to be a couple of hundred people, but we have this rule in German we call it the uh, 3G rule. Uh, basically it's either you're uh, uh vaccinated, you're uh, recovered or you're like recovered within the last 6 months or you're mm. uh, tested within uh, 24 hours of the event. Um mm. if that's the case you can enter. And that's like the policy in Germany and a lot of, of European countries uh, right now as well for like public uh, stuff that happens overall. And mm-hmm. so I feel kind of safe. Also, I'm completely vaccinated. So for me, it's like I'm willing to take the risk to some extent um, with, you know, knowing that the people that are going to be surrounding me have also been completely vaccinated or recovered yeah. or at least tested negative. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's called being cautious. It's not living in fear. You know what I'm living in fear of? I'm living in fear <laughs> of people that are literally just com- completely negating any facts that are out there. Any true scientifically proven by independent reviewers proven facts. Yeah. That are yeah. out there being in power. Those people being in power, no matter where, be it America, Germany, I don't give a fuck. That's mm-hmm. what I'm actually living in fear of right now. And yeah. uh, 
also, I think it was Bill Burr who who said that recently on his podcast. Um, he obviously like he reflected on on the U.S., but I think it's true for almost any country. Very much, you know, uh, depending which side of the political spectrum you're on, you follow certain news media. For sure, and yeah. he obviously raised the example of CNN and Fox, but. I'm no judgment there. I I'm way too le- you know less involved in in all that stuff to to actually be able to to say or speak for any Americans. But that's just the example that he raised. And mm-hmm. what he said is, if you talk to people that consume CNN and you talk to people that consume Fox, you get the impression that those people are living in separate countries, completely uh-huh. different countries. Yeah. And that is something, and I'm I'm very sorry to to get into such like real stuff right now, but it's just something that's bugging me like crazy. Um, yeah, I get. Well, it's a, uh, yeah. This it's. I mean, there's probably. I want to say that at some point in the future, there's going to be like this moratorium on, on the the last hundred years of of the U.S. because it's been such a gradual change from like the you know, economic prosperity of the industrial revolution and stuff to highly successful country where they had like a hundred year plan. And then we've got to the end of that hundred years. And now we're like, there's no next hundred year plan because every, everything like everything kind of just was spelled out because of the war. And there's like, okay, well now we need to build and recover and like all this stuff. But now we're at a point where, um, I don't know. Information has been, it's like no longer, how do I say that? Information is no longer simplified in the same way that it was before. And now people are allowed to create their own news and people are allowed to um, essentially like develop their own political theories outside of the actual influence of politics sometimes. And, um, and, and like like what you were saying with living in fear, it's like I think that's misappropriated actually because what they're living in fear of is being told what to do yeah. because their entire lives, their cultural or whatever societal influences has told them that nobody should ever tell you what to do. You can do whatever you want. And they've been told that from birth. And so much like raising a child and telling them from day one that God exists and to be told otherwise is blasphemous, um, if you're told that the number one important thing is that you can do whatever you want and anyone who tells you otherwise uh, should, you know, whatever, is is probably the problem. <laughs> That's a huge problem um, because then it, it, like, you can apply that to anything, guns, religion, uh, vaccines, like, anything at all. So, like, anyone who tells, like, and then to have believe that they have the right to do whatever they want like that's that's kind of but but just to issue that's all bubbling up now just adding to that um not necessarily opposing it but just as a just as an example in in 1917 uh, when we had the the uh, spanish flu um we uh okay well now probably you would call it like the i don't know gamma variant or whatever the fuck but um, <laughs> when we had the Spanish flu, 
in, in Europe, we had th the same problems that we have now. We uh, had mm -hmm. mask mandates um, that were already imposed back then um, in many German cities. Um, I, I just know for Germany. I don't know for other countries. And uh, there was... a. a quite a quite a big group of people that was just not willing to follow that um we also were prospering um well kind of before the first world war and uh okay well between first and second to some extent was kind of a rut but uh after that <laughs> um we were also prospering like crazy we were you know the engineers we were uh the the forerunners of um industrial engineering of um you know innovation worldwide we were uh, the biggest exporters yeah. of any technical goods and so on um mm -hmm. now there's a lot of other countries that have overtaken us for one or another reason it do doesn't matter all i'm saying is that uh, even though especially as europeans and if I may say, probably also as a Canadian, um, you are kind of made to or kind of like led to uh, demonizing the US um, to, to a great extent uh, because everything that happens in the US usually is more flashy. It's more obvious. It's more, you know, there, yeah, there's, a, there's yeah. a, a kind of flamboyancy about a lot of things that happen in the political circus there that's just not happening in Canada or or or, or Europe. Um, mm -hmm. But that doesn't take away from the fact that uh, our countries have uh, very, very similar problems. Uh, we have in, in Germany right now, a little less than in other European countries, but we have very strong right-wing parties right now. Uh, mm hmm I have no idea for Canada, but at least in, in Europe, that's that's the case. And in Germany, uh, it, it becomes more and more the case. Um, we have uh, quite a large um, population in, in Germany of people that don't want to get vaccinated. And they uh, refuse to, to comply to certain health regulations. And all under the same aspect that is, again, made more obvious and more flashy because... You will never encounter a German. Well, okay, now with Corona you actually do, but <laughs> you you wouldn't have encountered a German before the the pandemic that you know would have held up the German constitution or whatever. Like never, right? Uh, whereas yeah. in 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 uh, or or a German who pledged allegiance to their country or whatever, um, mm, that's just mm -hmm. not something that was done. It was done in other European countries for sure. They are way more nationalist than us, like Italian, Spa uh, sure, Spanish, and yeah. so on. Um, yeah, not necessarily. There's some reasons for that. Yeah, but also not j just to make sure not nationalist in a like fascist sense. Just no, but like pride in your country, yeah, kind of. Yeah, and. Um, for Americans again, it's it's more flashy. It's like the, as you as you said before, they're taught just basically from birth, um, trust in God, trust in your country, and the the fact of the matter is that the only thing that separates most European countries uh, and Canada from the U.S. is that uh, secularization, so that the actual separation of of state and religion. Uh, that was mainly enforced by Napoleon in, at the end of his wars. Um, 
that very much happened in in Europe to a greater extent. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it never reached the US uh, because, uh, well, obviously Napoleon never went there. Isn't isn't your main political party the Christian Democratic Party? And that's a very good uh, very good point. It's called <laughs> the Christian Democratic Party. You're a hundred percent right. But everyone just you know they. They're never thinking about the Christian part. They're thinking about Christian. Ah, it's conservative, you know. Right. That, yeah, that, yeah. That it just means conservative, and yeah. um, I I feel like it's kind of the same with like other countries or well, just best known example the states where where you know you even like you have on their fucking my girlfriend pointed it out lately on the money on, on the money exactly on the money yeah. you have in God we trust like. I'm never, never, never going to judge anyone for their religious beliefs. Never. Just not going to happen. But um, it has nothing. It has no place in politics at all. Like there's, you're leading a country that is, you know, made up of of different religions, different ethnicities, different cultural backgrounds. Um your God, whatever you believe in, has has no place in how you provide welfare for those people, how you provide jobs, how you, you know, keep the economy running. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it should be completely separated. And um, even though the numbers also in the US, but but also in Europe, um, that are actually uh, still officially like on their ID religious, um, is, is getting less and less and less and less. Yeah. Um, but there's still a huge portion that still has a voice that uh tries to yeah well it's decreasing in the same way that linux as a market share is increasing year over year but it's not appreciable enough to to like <laughs> yeah affect yeah. drastic change like it should yeah and it's always used as kind of a like a justification of you know five states in the u.s now banned abortion oh well that's awesome you just completely abolished human rights basic mm-hmm. human rights what am i allowed to do with my body like okay cool um you in in germany it's still yeah in in most countries stuff like this is still frowned upon by by you know conservatives older people whatever um so was divorce <laughs> yeah that's right and so were a lot of other things and uh, again i'm sorry uh, to, to women weren't allowed to wear pants for a while things <laughs> yeah i mean dude look at pictures of iran in uh oh, yeah. ni- in the 1970s tragic. yeah like be- before the revolution like women were probably more liberated than they <laughs> than they are in a lot of western countries now and yeah. uh yeah it's it just it's crazy, and I think there's a lot of stuff that that goes on that we don't comprehend, and that we that's like way, you know, above our uh, perception. But um, I I just feel like to to get back to the original point, um, I think it's a tragedy that uh, people are getting pitted against each other, um, just for the sake of profit, basically. News organizations mm-hmm. make profit by you being enraged by stuff that you read, and yeah. uh, th- th- for for people, it doesn't matter where in the world, that are 
thinking that they are the enlightened ones. <laughs> they are the ones that see through all the bullshit. They are the ones that, uh, you know, n mm -hmm. know what it's really like. Um, to, be a, to, to be controlled by news media and political parties for their gain. Not your gain. It's their gain financially, politically. Um, th th they want to get power. They want to get influence. Um, I think that's a tragedy. Uh, tragedy because, no, yeah. as a scientist, you have to agree. Be skeptical. Be skeptical towards everything. That's awesome. Yeah, you should do that. Mm -hmm. But don't just take one answer. Get no, and that's the yeah. thing. A lot of people just like my my mom is is definitely a great example of that. Like. A lot of people just read something and they take it to be truth. Like those mm -hmm. old, um, remember when like email chain, <clears throat> excuse me, email chains were a thing where like mm -hmm. it would just be some random story about a guy who, I don't know, bought a car and then yeah. like the car had, you know, like, and, and my dad would just like forward those all the time or I, I would get them from other places and those kinds of things would just be taken as fact and they'd be like, Hey, did you hear the thing? Like this guy, like. You know, or like Mr. Rogers used to be the the number one sniper in the American military. Like that was like a myth that was perpetuated mm -hmm. for decades. People people thought that. It was like, oh, no, yeah, because it makes sense. He's such a quiet, gentle soul with good with kids. But really, behind the scenes, he's a badass motherfucker who's jamming, you know, barrel of a gun down some, some gook's throat. Like, fucking, um, it's not... Let me, uh, let me just... I... Because you were just mentioning those mailing lists. Um, yeah. I got my phone right here. Uh, my mom, who <laughs> I regard to be a, a, a very intelligent, very smart um, person. Um, she, in, it was, the, <laughs> it was March 12th last year. Not this year, last year. And we all know what happened then. Mm -hmm. um, she sent me a chain mail. Uh, via WhatsApp, actually. Um, uh -huh. Now, I don't want to read the whole thing. Just, just let me, let me, let me uh, read you like a, a, a couple of passages. Um, okay. So it started with. Sorry, I have to translate in in real time. Um, just interesting. Good to know. An Italian doctor who worked in a Chinese hospital uh, got appointed um, as a member by the uh, Chinese government, um, was appointed as a member of the uh, Wuhan pneumonia virus study team. And uh, he wrote a very interesting article that is uh, just put together nicely and briefly right here. And then there's a couple of bullet points. Um, for example, <laughs> if a person has a runny nose, uh, the person is not infected with the coronavirus because uh, the pneumonia uses uh, uh, produces a dry cough without a runny nose. This is the easiest way to identify it. 
Uh, it's good to know that the coronavirus is not heat stable and it dies uh, at a temperature between 26 and 27 degrees Celsius. Um, so drink a lot of tea. Um, it's it doesn't heal you, but it's good for the body. Uh, the drinking of warm water uh, is is uh, crucial for killing uh, all viruses. Um, the virus is very big, so every mask, not just the um, N95 masks, uh, can filter it. Um, in case someone sneezes who's infected, uh, the virus spreads about three meters before it hits the ground. Uh, then stuff like, wait a second. Um, you can, for example, um, wash surfaces uh, uh, with different disinfectants uh, so that no one gets infected and all that. Um, so, thing is that she sent me that. And at first, just, you know, like scrolling through it, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was March <laughs> of last year. We didn't know a whole lot. But it was a couple of things that made me skeptical, like the tea thing, and also like an Italian doctor working in China. Be it's always it's always a weird it, like thing like that. It's always so convoluted, and also like we know China, they would never appoint an Italian doctor to to no to any government. And also, yeah, who's who's the who's writing this too? Like who's yeah. just like. A colleague who's just like, oh, I got, I got to get this out, and then types an email to a thousand contacts, and just like an Italian doctor, yeah, <laughs> like who's the and so the next day I forwarded a um a, a reply to my mom. So first I didn't reply because it was like whatever. I mean, nothing harmful was stated in there. It was yeah. nothing like you know, uh, like calling it all a lie or whatever. It was yeah. It's not like if you believe in Jesus before and pray before you leave the door, you're protected. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I sent her is an article uh, of this exact mail, this exact message, um, and it was an article from from a website, um, uh, basically explaining that uh, this this message is a fraud and uh, you know made up. And they identified the source mm -hmm. and so on and so on. And also I sent her um, a message from the German Ministry of Health um, that was warning against fake news. And I think that's kind of like the core of the problem because, <laughs> to be honest, like, we have a fucking podcast. We, we're dumbasses. Like, <laughs> we can talk about pretty much everything and uh, if we say it with enough confidence like one poor soul out there will definitely believe it and um i mean you know stuff like i mean okay that's an obvious one but i we all know that jet fuel cannot melt steel beams but um it's 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 just a fact and uh, 9 11 was uh, definitely an inside job and um you can talk about that stuff and someone out there will believe it just someone. And that one person yeah. will try to spread it. And if you get enough of a gullible person, 
that's just going to be like whenever you know whenever this person will will tell it to someone and they're met with you know understandable uh ridicule <laughs> mm-hmm. um they will be like you, you you just don't know the facts man like yeah smart yeah, up. yeah they like, get defensive about it yeah oh I, and especially if they like they might take it and tell it in a different way than someone else told it and then it's this broken telephone game where mm-hmm. the information is slowly manipulated every time it's transferred so it comes out completely different even if it's wrong like yeah. it just gets more and more wrong yeah and yeah. also what i think is so funny as just you know from the perspective of a scientist in in medicine once you know the majority of the public realized that something was going on that <laughs> w- was going to be a problem um they were like <laughs> they were like everyone in my in my surroundings was like so um do you think that's going to be a problem like with the whole coronavirus stuff and what do you know about it and like why don't you know this about it and why don't you know this about it and because most of the stuff that especially during the initial period that i you know said about the coronavirus i was like we don't know (laughs) it's 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 new it's literally in the name it's a novel coronavirus we we have no fucking idea and um everyone just insisted that scientists uh are just obligated to know everything about everything immediately um and especially if it's not your not your discipline exactly that's also the thing like people were asking me about viruses and i'm standing there like fuck dude i'm 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 a leukemia like don't ask me that stuff (laughs) (laughs) people ask me they're like jason what's your read on this vaccine like and i was like um, I know there's polyethylene glycol in it, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. But anyway, so sorry to steer it into that heavy of a direction. But I, I feel like even if this reaches maybe like just a handful of people, um, just you know, keep your fucking eyes open. Just don't be dumb. <laughs> Just don't, don't be dumb. Don't, if, if you, don't be what you are. If you, if you feel like you may not understand something, ask actual experts. Do not do your fucking own research. Yeah. Don't ask re- actual it's, experts. I. It's really interesting because I grew up in the country uh, with a lot of farmers and mm-hmm. kind of lower income uh, citizens. Oh, and, yeah, uh, right. I, I forgot to mention Jason like, hates poor people. Yeah, I do, uh, with a passion. Um, (laughs) And uh, it's interesting because there's kind of like two different types, in a sense, if I was to categorize them. Um, And there's like, there's there's the one kind of, I shouldn't say, it doesn't have to do with poor people, like, but like lower, there tends to be a a correlation of lower education and and, uh, economic prosperity. And um, one category I'd say is like, the people who believe everything they hear and then pass it on immediately. And then the other people who don't understand something and then, you know, say that's, I don't understand that that's none of my business. And then just like, leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I always found that kind of interesting and it's uh, kind of like really respect people who don't understand something and then don't try and, 
you know, pass it on or, or take it as it mm. is. They're just like, you know, I don't, I don't get it. And even if they don't, even if they don't try to find out, they don't also pass it on. So, uh, I mean, let me just give you an example because I'm, I mean, I'm, I have some basic knowledge about how a motorcycle works, but I, by no means am I a, a, a motorcycle expert by, by no means. So, uh, on Tuesday, I was riding my bike. Uh, it was the first time that I was going for a little bit of a bigger ride because the weather's been shit uh, in, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Um, I, you know, rode, like, 10 kilometers, uh, went to a gas station, uh, filled it up, paid, got back, uh, got back on a bike, and I noticed that I probably must have stepped in, into some, like, oil and uh, my, my boot was a little slippery. So I decided like a couple of kilometers later to just, you know, because also the bike felt kind of like wobbly and it, it kind of felt like it might, might have some, some oil on it, which, you know, might happen when you drive through a gas station. Um, mm -hmm. So I drove to the right. And uh, so first I got rid of the oil on my boot. I just, you know... Uh, just stomped my feet a couple of times in, in the dirt. That was it. And uh, then I was checking my tires. Front tire was all fine. No oil on there. Then I checked the rear tire. And then I noticed that uh, there was no oil on there. But the reason why it felt kind of wobbly was because I had a nail in my tire. Um, oh, shit. That wasn't just, you know, all the way in. But it was, like, in and then, like, bent to the side. But, like, onto, like, the the how should I put it, like the, the running area basically of the tire. Uh, so every time, so it was on the right side, so every time I leaned a little to the right, mm -hmm. I was basically running over that nail. And oh. um, that's what felt so wobbly. That's why I didn't really like take any real corners as long as it felt like that. And if I would have done that, I would have just been gone. Like that would have been yeah. it. So what I did is I, I pulled out the nail no air was coming out so like okay probably huh. i got lucky so uh, since i was only like 15 kilometers from home i drove very slowly home and uh observed it no air was leaking now i have no idea about tires like none uh mm -hmm. I, you put air in there and then it magically just you know gives <laughs> gives you grip i i, I don't yeah. i don't give a shit anyways Two days later, I went to a tire shop, and um, those were also the guys that, that like put the tires on there like three months ago. And mm -hmm. uh, I was having them check whether it was still safe to ride with that tire. And um, they took out like a like a leak searching spray. Basically, it's like I don't know, like a soap based yeah, like a soap, water yeah. emulsion, and sprayed it on there, and like no air leaked whatsoever. So the tire guy was like, uh, yeah, you're good to go. There's, you got lucky. Like it only went into like the outer layer, nothing to be afraid of. I was like, okay, so my tire is not going to like spontaneously implode just, mm -hmm. just like that. And he was like, no, 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 you're safe. Now, my life literally hangs onto that tire. <laughs> um, yeah. I have no idea about tires. I have no idea about like how air behaves inside a tire under like three <laughs> bars of pressure i have no idea 
I don't know what, what that material is that exactly tires are made of. I don't care. I don't know. What I do know is that I asked experts that assessed the problem, looked at it, told me it's safe. Yeah. Obviously, I have the decision to be extra safe and buy a new tire. But having been to a tire shop, they would have been the first guys to <laughs> make me buy a new tire. <laughs> yeah. You'd think that would be in their best interest to, <laughs> to sell you another tire. Exactly. <laughs> so... Um, all I'm saying is that there are areas in our lives a lot of times, and I think cars or, or motorcycles or whatever are a good example because I feel like a lot of people don't have expert knowledge. We put a lot of trust yeah. in something that we don't understand. Exactly. And people have no problem with that. Not at all. But mm -hmm. now that it comes to something that is not just you know saving you money, like not buying a new tire <laughs> because you listen to an expert... Um, but is literally in your health's best interest. Um, people are still ignoring expert advice. And I got to say, I'm like 50-50 repulsed well, and admiring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I said, uh, I was like, it's kind of like... Uh, like darwin like evolution mm -hmm. is like natural selection has uh has kind of like run out of options in terms of um traditional means of selection mm -hmm. because humans have kind of like death proofed their lives in many senses yeah. now we got doctors we've got safeguards in terms like our fans have thicker grills you can't stick your finger in it anymore mm -hmm. you know we got light socket protection all this kind of stuff and airbags in the cars so evolution's like well this isn't working anymore the earth earth's overpopulated we've got to find new ways mm. to to regulate this shit uh, and get rid of the dumb people because we've really essentially padded padded our world so that dumb people can persist in an air in a in otherwise that wouldn't happen hmm. uh and so like evolution is now or natural selection is like well they can choose not to get a vaccine and if they die that's their choice and that's natural selection hmm. kind of adapting a little bit uh natural selection evolving <laughs> if, yeah. if you will um it's really fascinating because i read an article the other day um about like a, a frontline healthcare worker in a hospital who is in like the emergency like ward where people were on ventilators because they had COVID and, and um, uh, many of them weren't going to make it. So they, there's a term that I don't know what it means. It's like intubated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's um, like when they have a, a, a tube stuck down their throat in order to make them breathe basically. Yeah. And so um, basically it got to that point and the, mm -hmm. the, and um or in some cases, like, they're going to die. And mm. the person is, like, desperately asking for the vaccine. And the, the nurse is just like, I'm sorry, it's too late. Mm. Like, you, it's not going to help you at this point. And you can just, like, see this regret in their face. But mm. it happens, like, on a daily basis. Like, and it's, it, it's it, like, got to that point before they realized that they were wrong. And, and then I, on the other hand, read this article... <laughs> on reddit of this this guy uh i it was a southern state in the u.s i don't remember which one exactly and uh he 
he was hospitalized for COVID and he refused to get a vaccination. And he also didn't have health insurance because, duh. And um, mm. he said that he would gladly pay the hospital bills, uh, bills over and over again uh, if he catches COVID again. Um, but he refuses to get vaccinated and health insurance. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll pay my $10,000 hospital like, probably yeah. more than that even. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm, oh, God. But, well, whatever, whatever. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't want to necessarily apologize to you guys for for this kind of like you know a little bit of a heavier episode. We didn't have one of those in a while, to be honest. That's um, true. It was mostly. I hope the last one wasn't also COVID related. Uh, I mean, it's topical. That's what's going on in our world right now, and we're kind of reaching the end of COVID. So I think we're starting to reflect on some of the the decisions we made and and what what happened. I have literally cut our last episode and i don't remember what the fuck we were talking about um no no either it's so for any okay so for anyone that not just our podcast but like any podcast is hating on the host for not you know for sometimes repeating themselves sometimes talking about the same subjects whatever fuck you <laughs> you know <laughs> like we, we're talking for an hour and we're having a great time like i love talking to jason it's it's one of my highlights of the week and um so we're just talking we're we're friends it's not like we're talking scripted it's we don't prepare for this <laughs> <laughs> well i don't reflect on what we talked about it's like okay well we can't talk about dildos again because we had a whole hour conversation <laughs> about that. also i mean uh Obviously, uh, the, even though the, the podcast is very well structured and uh, follows a, a successful formula, um, it, as Jason said, it's it's indeed not scripted. And uh, so if you and that's for most podcasts, especially comedy podcasts. So whenever hosts, especially like we've done, this is our 24th episode now, I think. Yeah, 24th. Um, and actually 25th, if you if you count the last episode, but that's never going to be released um Rip. so we've done 25 episodes and we still actually remember some of the stuff but <laughs> don't hate on us for not, for maybe sometimes talking about the same subject also we try to stay away from uh uh the, the c words so uh, corona and crypto um but so <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't not what i was expecting <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes it's it's just not easy and uh coronavirus and uh, all that stuff affects our life just like it affects yours i'm sure and uh even though i know you you guys come here to you know have a fun time and and you know relax maybe you're even listening to this in the year like 2025 very much possible you're, and you look at back and you're taking detailed notes <laughs> uh yeah and you know who knows and maybe you're uh you, you you feel some nostalgia about the good old isolation days before we went back to you know just standing like ass to ass to together uh in the starbucks queue and um what kind of what kind of Starbucks line do you? <laughs> a fun one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, whatever. So guys, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you very much for listening today. Uh, thank you, Jason, uh, as always. And all mine. um, yeah. So 
Uh, talk to you guys next week. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at friendsaboutpod uh, or shoot us a mail if you have any requests or just want to harass us. I mean, honestly, we're we're just we're just attention whores. Like, we don't care. Just shoot anything at us. Just don't literally shoot <laughs> us, please. But uh, yeah, so friendsaboutpod at gmail.com uh, for all requests and uh, harassments and uh, still dick pics. I think that's that's still open. And, uh, yeah. Oh, also, um, we are available on multiple platforms, but obviously, obviously, the best, most sophisticated, uh, just, just groundbreaking platform of them all, Podnots. Let me just reiterate, Podnots.com, a a AI-driven, uh, podcasting service (laughs) that lets you find your preferred podcast, um, purely on your listening history uh, through your favorite podcasting apps. Again, Podnuts is not a podcasting service. It's purely a platform making sure that you find the podcast you're interested in uh, while listening through your favorite providers such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, whatever. Just don't you dare fucking use Stitcher. Right. Yeah, so you can either just choose to listen to us or... or wait, you already are. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Uh, tell your friends and they can either listen to you and your good advice or they can indirectly go through pod nods and then organically just stumble upon us anyways. And in, that's the path they choose. Maybe you don't be friends with them. But also they use that service. So like, that's great too. I don't know. And also, you know, all, all uh, uh, paths lead to uh, our podcast. Um, so regardless whether you're uh, listening to Stuff You Should Know, the Bill Burr podcast, Trifles podcast, or whatever, uh, you will find us in your recommendations and we are going to find you. And we are <laughs> going to make sure that you listen to us very, very closely. Okay, that was it with the Friends of Our Podcast. Uh, talk to you next week, Jason. Uh, everyone yeah. out there, go fuck yourselves uh, into the sunset and never come back, please. Until next week. Beautiful. Bye. And bye.